2: Merry Christmas, everybody! Sorry to wake you up with that loud introduction. Thanks for joining us here, Tim. It's it's December twenty sixth. It's Boxing Day in Canada. The states doesn't have Boxing Day. I don't know why. What's the big? Is this a
1: holiday, Tim? Today in the states, what day is today? It's not. It's the Christmas hangover, probably. But no, That's not a holiday. They call it
2: Christmas hangover. Unbelievable. No, I
1: just I just coined that. I just came up with that. TM, copyright,
2: trademark. All right, let's make a T-shirt. Well, yes, thank you for joining us, everybody. We appreciate the support. I hope everybody had a great, great Christmas. I hope you got time to spend with your family, all your loved ones, and just had a great time. Tim, how was your Christmas? Let's do a little catch-up. It's been a while since we've talked. It's been about three days. How are you doing? How's the family? How's the <laughs> yeah, day? It was,
1: she's great. It was good. We kind of hopped around yesterday and Christmas Eve, few different families, few different houses, and it was nice to see everybody. And uh a lot of food a lot of food i had like three meals in like two hours at three different houses at one point yesterday so very full slept pretty well last night but it was good it was good how was yours it must have been chaos at your house i still remember what
2: was it two christmases ago you came over to my house yeah and danielle my wife was all pumped up and she's like tim's coming over great great and so we made this epic meal and she always does. She throws down. Like, she, she's a good great cook. But we were expecting Tim, and Tim's not small. Like, Tim, what are you, 6'2"? 6'3"? 6'3". I don't want to shortchange you an inch. <laughs> six, three, and so we're like, okay, we got a plan. Big meal. Tim walks in the door, we're like, all right, yeah, Merry Christmas. He's like, I just came from another party. I just had a huge meal. I'm like, damn it, Tim. And you had, like, two bites of food. I was
1: like, what, Tim? Well, no one was eating at that point anyway. You guys were just like laying out by the tree, playing with toys. But dinner was in the works. Yeah. It was. That was my third house of the day at that point. Why are you so popular? It's the office. Well, it is. I I am popular, but it's cuz I don't have I don't have one place to go. So I'm just going a few different spots. So, it was You're nice like-
2: it was nice. nice. It was nice. So you had a good Christmas. We did too. It's it's funny with with kids. It's it's a different animal. You can't just sit back and just enjoy everything. It's it's a lot of work. It really is. When you get when you have kids, Tim, you'll understand. When you get older,
1: you'll get it. Well, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Christmas just doesn't have the same luster as it does as you were a kid until you have your own kids. I'm assuming you live through
2: them and you just see, it's it's very exciting, but the build-up, you you gotta prepare for Santa, you gotta get the tree ready, you gotta, and I was, like, driving through blizzards, because I had all of my presents, not Santa's, in my office, and so I had to come here the 24th that night, wrap a couple of them, driving through that epic, once-in-a-millennial blizzard, I'm just like, I'm gonna kill myself with these presents, I should've just let Santa
1: handle the lion's share of it, but I didn't. I mean, but it was a- I mean, Talk about that for a minute, because I drove up from Charlotte to Boston, which if there's no traffic, if you Google it right now, it's like 13 hours or something like that. Uh, And so I took a half day on Wednesday from work. And my plan was to get to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which is about six and a half. And with a little bit of traffic, it took me about eight which is fine. I got there around 8 PM. Um, it was nice. And then my plan was to spend like a whole day at Gettysburg. Cause I've been there before. I love it. The history, the battlefield and all that. Do you and... get dressed up on the way or just wait <laughs> till you get there to get dressed up? <laughs> no. no, but it's a, it's a cool town, honestly, not even for the history, but like this, the, the town, the town center and the shops and everything, the restaurants. And then, um, then the storm starts coming in and I was like trying to make a decision. I'm like, do I wait it out, uh, here or do I try to drive again all day? And I I was worried about driving in the snow, but it was supposed to be even worse on Friday with the deep freeze and the roads and everything. So I ended up driving on the next day. I didn't really see Gettysburg at all. And I had already it's 13 hours. I'd driven basically half of it thinking, I'm, OK, another six or seven hours, maybe a little bit of traffic. It'll take me, you know, eight or something. It took me another 12 hours to drive, Oof. especially in the morning, in the snow, in the hills. You know, I'm kind of up in the mountains of Pennsylvania and just the trucks we're going slow and the cop cars, a lot of accidents, a lot of people spinning out. I was lucky. I was pretty careful, but it was a long day, long day. And the dog, poor dog is so sick of the car. Even the last couple of days, he doesn't want to get back in when we're out running errands and going bopping around. He's like, no, leave me, leave me here. So well, you said last episode, he doesn't like the car. Uh, he does. He loves like he loves coming with me to like the store or getting running errands or whatever. He loves the car, but he gets antsy after a few hours. And now he's like done with it. Think so. I'm over this, this stupid car. <laughs> but you are uh, you still in Boston? I'm in Boston. Yeah, yeah. Heading up uh, obviously to Michigan tomorrow. Very exciting. And then G L I. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm excited. What uh, what NHL guys do you think might be there? Any? None. Well, because it's in Grand Rapids. It's not in Detroit anymore. But I thought
2: some alumni were going. No, I don't know. Who knows? I I don't keep track of this stuff. I don't even care. It was nice. We were in Detroit last year. We got to catch up with the Sharks and a couple of the Detroit guys we ran into. It was nice. But this year I'm going down for the Michigan Tech Huskies, baby. It's going to be good. I'm bringing the whole family. Once they found out there was a pool in the hotel, it was game over. We're like, we're going. <laughs> yeah. so let's go. But anyways, we had an interesting night last night. And then we'll get to a little bit of hockey talk. but So my my wife's putting the baby down. I'm kind of closing down shop. We do the potties. We do the brushing of the teeth, especially last night, because we were just, treats are everywhere. It was insane. Like you said, we had just chocolates. My wife went to Costco and just cleaned them out of every single chocolate thing they had, and she came up with this massive platter. And we're like, only three. Three each. I'm like, yeah, right, that's going to happen. So they were just like downing chocolates like it was insane but we're just kind of winding down and i'm trying to pour milk in a bottle from my second youngest and one of the twins runs over Estelle and she goes dad there's a fire I'm like what Who are you talking about and she's like yeah it's fire fire and i turn around and on top of our piano we had like a little wreath and we put the advent candles in there well one was burnt all the way down and that wreath is made of real pine
0: what do you call leaves
2: pine needles needles inferno on top of my piano and (laughs) i'm just like and i'm not talking a little flame i'm talking three four feet up and i'm like holy i got six kids what am i doing so i just bear claw the wreath and throw it outside and it's like um it's like clark griswold when his tree burned down and there was like a or when the cat gets uh Electrocuted, and you pull up the cat cushion, and there's like a yeah. cat outline. In yeah. my huh. snow this morning, there's like an outline of a wreath. Right, I just threw it outside. I frisbee tossed it. It was like a flaming frisbee. But we almost burnt the house down. It's scary stuff. I was my gonna make a totally nonchalant. She's like, oh, whatever,
1: not a big deal. I like, <laughs> almost burnt the damn house down. Of making a Volpati joke, but probably not funny. Uh, oh,
2: too serious. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? I have a lot of people who I know who listen to my show, and they're not hockey fans per se. Yeah. They just like our banter, and they're like, "That was an excellent interview. It's a great one." And I, it's, what did you think of the Oosterly? You weren't a part of. You weren't a part of the last two interviews. You've been on vacay for a while. I've been lugging the. Lugging the the show here. What did you think of the last two? I did Miller
1: and Oosterley. What were your thoughts on those? Miller was okay. I mean, we had him on before. He's very um, matter of fact. I wouldn't say dry in a bad way, but very just like monotone, evenly, evenly spoken. But he was interesting, and obviously because of who he is and um, what he had to say about Bennington was very cool. And then I actually, you said you said Oosterley wasn't as good. I, I thought it was great. He was very normal, very just like hearing anybody talk like no pretentiousness, no stage presence. Like like we thought about Morrissey and not that exciting necessarily, but like easy to listen to and nice guy, it seemed like. So I thought it was nice. And I say this all
2: I say it all the time, but it's like I talk to the guy. Fantastic. As soon as I press record, you can tell the, the shield goes down. He's like, okay promo and he wasn't as bad as josh josh was just like politician to the nth degree but anyways all right let's get to a little bit of hockey news there was a milestone reached him i got some flack for it i don't know why people think i don't like alex ovechkin i don't know why people think i I slight him or have an issue with him but he passed gordie howe he scored what is 805th goal
1: Second,
2: second 802nd goal Second all-time in goal scoring. A monumental feat. Gordie Howe on the Mount Rushmore of hockey players. But arguably, there's an argument there. But one of the all-time greats. And Ovi just passed him in exciting fashion. The guy is still putting it together. He's 37 years old, still producing. Now that begs the question. I've heard people, insane people out there. Absolutely insane people. They're saying, Let's not talk about Gretzky's record. Let's talk about 1,000. And I'm just like, are you guys absolutely nuts?
0: That, that's not even in a, this this galaxy. There's no way this guy hits 1,000. If he hits
2: 850, it's a feat. I'll say that. But let's just not get negative Nancy on us. Very, I... <laughs> very proud of Alex Ovechkin. The great eight, the Russian machine. Good for him scores number 802 etches his name in the record books yet again and all for one franchise too which is a new record that that's unbelievable too to play for one franchise for this long to score that many goals you got to give him kudos for that so good for you alex moving on right tim moving on
1: well what was funny was like literally (laughs) literally like within minutes of him getting that second goal the empty netter of course was an empty netter obviously the the guy only scores empty netters now (laughs) Um, but literally within minutes of that, you were getting tweets being like, John Scott's silence since Ovechkin passed how has been speaks volumes. Pretty funny. Um, I was talking with one of our listeners the other day and talking about the, the 1,000 number. I almost think, and I'm kind of kidding, kind of not. I almost think it's more likely that he gets 1,000 than doesn't break Gretzky's record. I think it's that much of a lock that he's going he's gonna to get 894 plus. You know what I mean? And he doesn't seem to slow down. The only thing that the thing that I think could stop that is that if he breaks the record and then retires, quote unquote, to the KHL, you know. But if he stays in the NHL and wants to keep producing, I think he'd score a thousand.
2: No. Okay, I gotta talk like a man. Now. No. No. What? You're you might your out finger. for a
1: second, but you're good.
2: Because I'm screaming like a girl. My mic's like, is there someone in the room? Is something wrong? <laughs> um,
0: a thousand. Like this is where people are getting out of hand. That's 200 more goals, Tim. Yeah. How many goals does he average this season? He gets 40. A season now. 40? Yeah. That's great.
2: That's still five more years. So I guess you finish this year, and it's four good years. He, uh, no, people. I just people need to be realistic about all of this. And I'm not quiet. I knew everybody knew he was going to pass Gordie Howe. That was the given. That was the easy one. The hard one's Wayne. He still has 95 more goals to go. 96 more goals to go to pass Wayne Gretzky. That's a lot of stinking goals, you guys. 96. That's two insane seasons. That's three very, very good seasons. That's four pretty good seasons. So let's just pump the brakes on 1,000 and let the guy enjoy 802. I don't think he's getting past Gretzky still. I don't. Backstrom's, right. not, Backstrom's done potentially forever. Kuznetztov isn't the same guy. He He's living on the power plane empty netters. It has to dry up at some point. Don't you think? It has to dry up at some point. When he hits 39, maybe,
0: and he's at 860, and he's got to get 38 more. It has to dry up.
1: Why do you hate Ovechkin so much? You hate him.
2: You hate him, John. Just say it. I don't. I actually really enjoy Ovi. And I I still tell this story because I only scored five goals. But after my third goal of my career in my 10th season, which is embarrassing to say, I went shelf on Holpe. No big deal. He comes by the bench and he goes, Scotty, it's a hell of a shot. Like I know. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> What's up? But pretty cool moment from the great eight. And he gave me a stick. So I got it in a storage unit under a pile of stuff right now. But I have his stick at somewhere in my possession. So I like him. Is that the one that somebody broke? No, that was Timo Solane's. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So his farewell tour, Timo Solane, guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Everybody loves him. Loved everywhere he goes. Like There's not, not a bad word said about Timo. I finagle my way to get a stick from his trainer, from the Anaheim Ducks. My trainer gets it. He's like, oh, this is great. I don't know who's grabbing it and testing the flex. Flex, flex, snapped in half. It's like, oh, my gosh. It's just, it's one of those relics that you'll, I'll never have it a chance to get it again. And now it's snapped in half. So I put some taper on the middle and I have it, but it's not the same. It's not the same as having the real one. I tried to get Yagers. He wouldn't give it to me, Brodeur. Wouldn't give it to me. Timu was the one. He was the guy. I got it. It's like stupid trainer. I know who it was too. And he's a great guy. So I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but it was just like
1: unfortunate. Unfortunate. Yeah. You think they of all people would know better, you know, they would know better.
2: Should we talk about more hockey news or should we talk about Christmas stuff? Cause I want to talk about hockey a little bit. Yeah. Bring it on. All right. So Christmas is, is came and went. Everybody's doing these dumb shows. But, uh, Christmas presents. What what does this guy need? What does that guy need? What, they're not dumb. We've done them in the past. But I feel like they get beat to death very, 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 very quickly. So we're not going to do that. What I want to do is I want to look at the standings because, Tim, we're almost halfway through the year right now. And I want to just put a, a fork in some of these teams. So pull up the, the roster, the standings. And can we put a fork in a bunch of teams in the Eastern and Western Conference and say they have no chance of making the playoffs? Because there's some that are a given. Columbus, zero chance. Philadelphia, zero chance. By the way, I don't pay too much attention to our fantasy league that we're in. I could not have drafted worse goalies for my fantasy team than the three that I picked up.
0: They're just atrocious. I started with Thatcher Demko. I got Jack Campbell and then I, and I have Carter Hart.
2: All three are just atrocious. And I dropped Demco to pick up that Martin guy from Vancouver. I check the box scores every fourth or fifth day. My goals against average on my team is like seven. I just get beat every single, I don't have a goalie point for the whole season for my goaltenders. I live and die on my offense.
1: We're actually playing each other this week. And I saw that the, in the matchup, your goals against average for the for the week was like four and a half or something. Not and bad. usually when that's the case, I'm like, oh, he must have only had one goalie start so far. And, and that goalie had a bad start. You know, Usually it's lower. The law of averages will come down. And I looked, you had five starts, and that was your average. They're <laughs> bad. Like, oh, man, John. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <They're>, <laughs> and as much as we hate on Jack Campbell, there's a part of me that just still honestly believes that he's going to turn it around. If if he ever clicked and he started playing well, Edmonton would be a very good team. In my like, he would make up for so much on that back end, that the dysfunction of the defensive mentality. And we'll get touch on that in a little bit. Let's touch on that right now. We'll come back to this because there was an interesting quote from one of the Edmonton others forwards. One of the veterans, a guy who bounced around the league a little bit, but he he carries a voice in the room. Derek Ryan, people respect this guy. He does his job. He does it well, not flashy, but he just goes about his business. He had a little comment after their latest game. He said, I saw the same thing as you. I don't think scoring goals is a problem here. I've said that a million times. We've got to work on playing defense better. And that's not the defenseman. That's the forwards, everybody. What do you take of this quote, Tim, by Derek Ryan?
1: Well, part of me wants to take it and say, like, just tag McDavid and Drysaddle next time. Just let them know. Let them have it. I wonder what conversation they've had inside the locker room because we've said it. Everyone knows it. they can score a lot of goals. They're going to let up a lot of goals, try to win games five to four. And that's not going to work in the playoffs. And I feel like Derek Ryan is hopefully, hopefully he's sharing that message. Hopefully he's got a, a, enough voice and enough, like, you know, uh, authority in that room that people will listen.
2: Well, what do you, and this is the interesting thing. And we talked about it earlier this season with the New Jersey Devils when Miles Wood made a statement and everybody, myself included, was like, Miles Wood, you know, be quiet. It's the second game of this season. You're a third line guy. This is even more drastic. This is the Edmonton Oilers. You have the best player on the planet on your team and arguably the second best player on the planet on your team. And here's a guy who plays the fourth line. He's been around a little bit, started with Carolina, bounced to Calgary. Now he's in Edmonton. Doesn't light up the stat sheet very much. He's only got nine points this year. This is directed at the top guys. You know, they, he, he's not talking about the, the fourth line. He's not talking about the defense. He says it directly in his quote. This is more than a defenseman. He's talking to the top two lines. Poviari, McDavid, Hyman. Fogel, Drein Seidel, Yamamoto. This is a shot across the bow. What I make of this, this team is in complete dysfunction right now. If you have a fourth-line player calling out your entire forward group saying, we have to play better, it's not the defenseman. It's the forwards. We have to play better. This team is broken because, yes, like you said, they've had conversations in the locker room. They've had conversations as a team. They've had closed-doors meetings. They've had all these things. These guys aren't going to change. We we talk about Toronto a lot on this show. We're hard on Toronto. We're hard on Toronto's GM. He should be fired. We're hard on Matthews. We're hard on Marner. Why are we not giving McDavid a hard time? Why are we not that hard on Lee, Leon Draisaitl? Why do they get a pass? Do you? Why is that? Because these guys are worse, Tim than Matthews and Marner and Nylander. They're drastically worse at defense. McDavid has zero effort on some nights in the defensive zone. Everybody looks at the flash and the glitz and the glamour and the up and down the ice and the sexy goals and the points, and he's Connor McDavid. He's the next one. He is the one. Then you got Leon Dryansaddle, the understated, the quiet German who just puts up massive amount of points and makes unbelievable passes, and he's got a wicked release, and he's so strong, he's like a bull. These two guys, they just are Teflon Dons. They don't get any criticism thrown their way in the hockey world as a whole. Maybe in Edmonton they do. I don't live there. But as a whole, it seems like there's targets on Matthew's back all the time. And same with Marner. And these guys just skate. And they do, they just, oh, we're going to score 150 points each, and we're going to lose in the playoffs, and we're going to play dumpy defense. And let's just blame the goalies. Let's just blame the defensemen. We We're guilty of it here. At what point? do we have to start blaming these guys? They're on the ice for 20 minutes a game. What what is it? Why do these guys get it past him? Is it because it's the Crosby effect where everybody just anointed this
0: guy? He's not as good as Crosby. Even at his advanced age, I might take Crosby over McDavid right now. As a whole, as a total pitcher, because he doesn't try on both ends. He doesn't do the Oilers are not going to make the playoffs right
2: now, potentially. And that's a travesty with the team that they have. So answer this question for me, Tim. Answer it. Why do McDavid and Dry and get a pass?
1: Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. Cause I was thinking about like the differences. It's like, okay, well, the playoff performance got something to do with it. Or at least the Oilers have gone on little stretches. They won a playoff series and the least, almost in a cartoon way, cannot get out of the first round. And so that's has something to do with it. But I think you're you're probably right. And I don't know. We should ask some of our, our friends in Edmonton what the, the pulse of that city is and what the fan base is thinking. Because at some point, you keep going back to the well with the same group and you add even a guy like Hyman and, and Evander and you get a goalie locked up like Stuart Skater, hoping things will change and maybe they'll prove us wrong. But I think the, the other aspect of it is that as good as Matthews is, the numbers that Drysaddle and McDavid put up are just so far ahead. Of of the you know third place guy that it it gives them less pressure to do things defensively. You know what I mean? Like they're so good offensively that you don't expect anything or need really anything on the defensive end of the ice. Whereas Matthews, goal scorer, premium you know premier player, premier talent. But I don't know. Other other if he's not scoring goals, he's not doing anything. Do you think the
2: mentality? And and maybe I can answer this too where they these guys just feel pressure to produce, like you said, because there's not much else after the first two lines. There that's really a isn't. Yeah. When you look at this team, you go into a game, you're the Oilers, you're like, gosh, our defense isn't great. That That's a given. When you look at our roster, we're not scaring anybody defensively. we got Tyson Berry, we've got Bouchard. They're offensive, small defensemen. We're going to give up some goals. Do, do you think they go into a game with the mentality that says – we need to put up six or else we, we lose. And that contributes to the factor where if they went into a game and said, you know what, we can only, let's, let's get one and try to win this game where the mentality now is we have to score as much as we can. And that in turn affects their defensive game. So I, I'd be interested to be just jump in their head a little bit and like, like what is their mentality going into the game? Is it, are we going to win this game one, nothing? Cause I, I doubt it is. I played on very, very good, good teams. And we still wanted to get shutouts every single night. That was, it was the defense first mentality. And these guys don't seem to have that. They seem to take chances right away. They're throwing Hail Marys. They're blowing the zone. They're trying to do whatever they can to score early and score often because they know inevitably they're going to give up Mm 4 And so I wonder if they change that mentality. And it starts with the coach. And I played for Jay Woodcroft. He's not a defensively gifted mind. And this is no slight on him. He's an offensive coach. He coaches the power play. He coaches the forwards. He's not one of these guys who's going to come into a team and just change your system and reinvent the way we play defense and really harp on defense. And that's it. He doesn't like it. He likes the offensive side of the game. And so maybe that plays into it too, where you get this offensive coach, you have these offensive players, and you want to just make magic. Defense wins championships. There's a reason that's a saying. It's a saying in football. It's a saying in hockey. It's because that's the truth. When you go to the Stanley Cups, finals, the Stanley Cups, when you go to the Stanley Cup final, you're not seeing these massive 7-6 games. It's 3-1. It's 2-1. It's always a nail-biter down to the final minute you're not having these up and down the ice track meets. And maybe that's, this is a part of the problem with the Edmonton Oilers because they have the pieces. They, they have decent players throughout the roster. Maybe it's a mentality thing. And why is no one calling for the head of their GM? Everybody wants Dubas fired. What's Ken Holland doing this deal sitting on his hand. I don't know. It's, it's not looking good in Edmonton. It really isn't. I think we start having, we have to start throwing blame where it's deserved. And at some point, Connor McDavid has to answer for his just his issues. He's he's not, he's a great offensive player. And now everyone's going to think I hate Connor McDavid. It's going to be Ovechkin and McDavid. John Scott hates everybody. I think he's the best player in the world on offense. But you ask yourself this listener: if you're drafting a team now
0: for the Stanley Cups for this year, what pick is McDavid? Not even in my top five.
1: That's a great question. Who who are your top picks in that? In no particular order, but who who comes to mind?
2: Well, I'm I'm going to take a Kucherov. I'm going to take yeah. a McKinnon. I'm going to take a Bergeron. I'm going to take a Hedman. I'm going to take uh, maybe a McCart, You know, to round out a line. Those these are the guys I want. Kucherov for a great offensively as he is. He does try in the back end. Bergeron, everybody knows his. And he's a fantastic player. So these are the types of players I want. And Nathan McKinnon, we all know how great he is. The guy tries on the back end as well. You don't have to go balls to the walls in the defensive zone and like blocking every shot and diving everywhere and be like a Selkie winner. You just got to be there. You got to have a heartbeat in the D zone. You have to show up. There's a lot of times McDavid doesn't even show up. He does flybys. He's blowing the zone. He's not coming back hard. He's not coming back through the middle. He's just... Not there, but as soon as his D man gets the puck, he finds his gear and he's gone out of the zone and he's just all of a sudden flash again. It's like where was that on the back check? So no, ask you. That's that's a great question. <clears throat> Pick the top five players if you want to win the Stanley Cup this
0: year. McDavid's not in the top five. I would hazard he's not even the top ten. He doesn't. He's not. He doesn't have a complete game, even though he led the playoffs in points last year even though he probably gave it. What was his plus minus?
1: Uh, I don't know.
2: He scores a ton. He gives up a ton. And it's every single playoff game is emblematic of this problem where he'll score a highlight goal and then he'll turn around and turn it over and he won't back check and they'll be down two to one. The only like the series they won, they beat Calgary every game. It was like a touchdown, and an extra point.
1: So he was tied for first and plus minus with Landis Gog and Bowen Byron plus 15 wow that's impressive still don't want him on my team
2: I don't know maybe maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm wrong I don't know but I think he deserves a little bit of more of this uh, blame game and it always seems to fall on Toronto and I it's hard for me to defend Toronto but you know what everybody has to take their lumps and he he seems to get off scot-free a lot of the time
1: I agree the uh, world junior starts today do you care
2: uh, um I'm interested to watch Shane Wright and to see how he plays because he'll, he'll be the story of the world juniors. Canada has a stacked team as usual. The USA has a pretty good squad. So um yeah, the the interest isn't as strong as it was when I was a kid. Obviously, as you grow, you you kind of pull away from those things, but I'll keep my eye on it. You know, there's some good players in that tournament. It, what what's neat now, as for when I was a kid growing up, you would see the kids in the world juniors. And then it would take three to four years for them to make the NHL. Now you see a kid in the world juniors and you'll see him next year in the NHL lighting it up.
0: Being the best we've player. We've already seen. Yeah. yeah.
2: So the gap is gone. And and the same goes for college. The same goes for the OHL. The same goes for everything. The talent gap is gone. These guys step right from the world juniors, right from the mem cup, right from the NCAA championship. And then they're the best players on the ice in, NH- in the NHL. So... The gap between the NHL to the AHL to the East Coast to the NCAA to the OHL—it's so incredibly small. It's so minutely small nowadays. It's insane. Back, whereas it was thirty years ago, it was a massive gap. You couldn't go from college to the pros. And I was talking to Ryan Miller about Ryan Miller about that, and he even agreed with me. Where it's just people are so talented too, and that's why. You got to do the small things. You got to do the little things to succeed. You can't, unless you're McDavid, you have to do every single thing. And I, people always forget this. Look at every fourth line in the NHL, every third and fourth line, go on Hockey DB. Google that player. I guarantee you he was top three scorer on his team in juniors. Guaranteed. All those guys used to be the best players on their team. Every single one of them. First line power play, captain of their team. Lighting up the OHL, the WHL, the QH, the Q, everything. And now they've changed their game and they've transitioned and now they're successful being a checker, a fighter, a penalty killer. They do the small things and now they're in the NHL. So everybody's talented, Tim. Everybody makes it work. All right. What are we going to talk about now? A couple more. Let's get out of here.
1: Yeah. A couple quick kids. Carolina Hurricanes, before the break, have won eight straight games. They're second in the entire league now behind the Bruins. Really getting hot. And they beat some good teams during that stretch too. So after, I wouldn't say slow start, but maybe underwhelming for the standard they set last year, they are looking really, really good right now. And probably a team that I would say maybe even more than the Bruins, nobody wants to play in the playoffs.
2: Well, and let's not forget Max Pacioretty on the IR. So he's going to come back. Andre Kasha, I don't know his status. I don't know if he's ever going to come back. And Freddie Anderson, (laughs) still not playing. And then Jake Gardner. Right. Come back and steal the Norris. Those four guys are difference makers. So, yeah, Carolina. Everyone was waiting for them to just show up. They're like, where is Carolina? You know, when are you going to show up and be the team that we expect you to be? Well, knock, knock. Here they are. All right, let's go back to what I wanted to do before we got sidetracked by Derek Ryan. All right, back to Derek Ryan. Do you think this is a good thing he does this or a bad thing? Miles Wood, Obviously, it worked good thing
1: yeah i I don't see a downside to it you don't unless see part the locker room, I guess, but if it does that wouldn't unless this, it tears apart the locker well, room I guess that'd be a downside here's the thing though here's the thing though, and this is if if it tears apart the locker room, which it doesn't that's a dramatic way of saying it, but if this creates friction, that is not creating friction that's exposing it. If you can't handle someone like that criticizing a little bit to the media, then you you don't have a great room to start with so
0: agreed. Whose head does that fall on? Who's whose fault is that? McDavid. Yeah, agreed. Does admit to make the playoffs? Well, no, 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 don't answer that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Let's start with the Eastern Conference. Who can we stick a fork in? Who is absolutely done? Not going to make the playoffs. Right now, the wild card sits with Washington and the Rangers. They got 42 and 43 points. The next closest is the Islanders at 40. Red Wings at 35. Buffalo at 34. Florida, 34, Montreal, 33, Ottawa, 31, Philly
0: at 29, and Columbus at 22. How many of these teams can we just say, you're done, boys, hit the showers?
1: I think everyone but the Rangers, Capitals, Islanders, and I've really, this is the emotional pick, Buffalo. Um, they won four in a row. I, I love rooting for those guys. Detroit is technically ahead of Buffalo, but I think they've already played their best hockey So I think uh, those four teams are still in it in my mind. I
2: agree. I'm going to throw Detroit in that mix, but I think the teams outside of the playoffs right now. Islanders, Detroit, and Buffalo are in the mix. Florida's done. I am so surprised by this team. No sense of urgency. They've lost three of their last – they've won only three of their last ten. They've lost seven of their last ten. It's amazing how bad this team is. So I'm sticking a fork in them. They're done. I think they're going to be big sellers at the de- deadline. They have to. How do you fix this team who went from a president's trophy winner to missing the playoffs? It's mind-boggling to me how bad this team is, Tim. And they're not even in some games. They're not even competitive. They're outworked. They're outclassed. They're just everything. And they they got Kachuk locked up. They got Barkov locked. They have, a, like, those are good players. But, yes, yeah, so I'm going to stick a fork in them. Montreal, Ottawa, Philly, Columbus, they're all done. I do think, like you said, Buffalo and Detroit, uh, they could scare some teams. And when you have Tage Thompson and Moe Cider, two guys who are both over six foot six, sky's the limit. Honestly, I'll predict this. A team that wins the Stanley Cup will have a player that's six foot six or taller. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> 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 when prediction. Victor, when Victor has been, had been raised that cup, I'm so happy. He's so tall.
0: So statuesque. Ugh. Love that. Love tall guys. All right. Western conference 10. Calgary's in the final,
2: final wild card. Daryl Sutter got his wish. He said he was in, given an interview. He's like, what do you wish for Christmas? He's like, I just want to be in a playoff spot. And he's like, yeah. he got his wish. He's a second wild card spot right now. Just eking in just ahead of Edmonton. Edmonton's got 38. Then it goes St. Louis, Nashville, Vancouver, San Jose, Arizona, Anaheim, Chicago. We could write off a lot of these teams, I think right now. And just say, that's it. You're done. Who of Edmonton, St. Louis, Nashville, Vancouver, do any of those teams have a chance to make the playoffs right now?
1: Edmonton, yes, for sure. And then I would say not Nashville, not Vancouver. St. Louis is the one I go back and forth on. I want to write them off, and I don't like this team, really, especially Bennington. <laughs> but they've gone hot and cold all season, and they're definitely capable of winning 9 out of 10 at any point, really. So I would say they're still in the mix, not likely, but it's going to be between Minnesota, Calgary, and Edmonton for those wild card spots, in my mind. Unless, unless the Kraken start to dip a little bit, which is totally possible as well.
2: Yeah, there's the Kraken. There's the Kings. Did the same thing last year. They were flirting with first place in the Pacific for the whole season. Then they just tanked near the end of the season. They got in. They almost beat Edmonton in the playoffs. But I don't know. I think I think the Central's locked up. I like Dallas, Winnipeg, and Colorado. I think the LA and the Kraken they they are susceptible to a crash. I, I like Vancouver. I don't know why. They're like heroin, Vancouver. Huh. I know I should huh. quit them. I just can't. I, You know what I mean?
1: Well, what sparked Derek Ryan's quote was a 5-2 to two loss against Vancouver. And JT Miller, friend of the show, scored a couple goals.
2: It's just when you, when you look at that roster, when you look at the talent that they have, you're like, you guys, it's there. It's absolutely there. So... I, I'm not going to write off anybody in the West north of Vancouver. So Vancouver, Nashville, St. Louis, Edmonton, they're all in play for me. I hate to say it. I love San Jose, but I i, I don't see them overcoming a 10-point deficit right now. With the amount of games left, I know there's a ton to play, but I just don't see it happening. In Arizona, they're done. Anaheim, and then the lowly Chicago Blackhawks. Mike, did you see Jonathan Taves get blown up? Yeah. By, by Sean Corale of the Blue Jackets. My goodness. It was just. I f- if if you have to feel bad for somebody, feel bad for Jonathan Taves. The guys put it on the line for the Hawks for years. And now he just has to deal with this. You know, they get blown out every single night. They're they're just a shell. They had the good start, a little uptick front of the show. showhouse. Stalock was playing great. Now they just they did beat Columbus in that game. That was was a little glimmer of hope because before that, they had lost nine of the last ten.
0: So, but boy, oh boy.
2: When will they trade those guys? When will they let them out of purgatory? When will that? I'm excited for that. That moment. I know people are wrestling with salary caps and the implications of that. They make a lot of money. That will be Christmas Day for me, part two. When they trade Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, I'm excited
0: for that. That's going to be good. Here's another question. Who's more valuable of those two? Kaner's the flash. He's going
2: to score. You put him on your first slot, you put him on your first power play unit. The guy is a first ballot hall of famer. Johnny brings the intangibles. He's slugging. He's, he's doing the, the work that nobody wants to do. He is the guy. He still puts up 20 points in 31 games. Don't get me wrong. He's, a, he's a, still very gifted
0: offensively, but it's the little things that he does. Who's more valuable? Well, counter question: What's what does it take to win a championship? It takes centerman, it
2: takes defense. Johnny plays center I like that. Imagine the luxury. If you if you're a playoff contending team, if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, and you go, you know what? We need a piece. We want Jonathan Taves. You slot him in on your third center line role. All of a sudden, you get Stasny, Aho. Johnny Taves, you bump Jordan Stall down to the fourth line unit? Oh my word. That would be insane. You take Johnny Taves, you put him on Colorado. They could use a centerman at this point. Yeah, I know they got some guys who were injured. But imagine putting Johnny Taves, second line center with the Colorado Avalanche. Ooh, baby. That would be very fun. I would like to see that. But yeah, I, I, so you think Taves is more valuable in the playoffs than Caner?
1: Well, are we taking salary cap out of it? Because doesn't Kane make more at this point? Or are they, they still make, equal? They make the same. Then I would say Kane. I would say Kane. Just because he changes the entire offense, the entire top six, the power play, everything. At this point in his career, I think Kane is still closer to being an elite player. As as valuable as I think Taze is, but I think there are probably better options you could find at center As a, than I don't think anyone's touching Kane on the trade market for a first, goal-scoring winger.
0: How many points do you think Kaner
1: has? Uh, we talked about this the other day. It was 22, so I don't know 20, 25 now. Yeah, 25. How many does Johnny Tapes
2: have?
1: Uh you said 20, right? So they're pretty similar points.
0: Yeah. Taser's got double the goals that Kaner has. Just saying. Kaner will get a bigger return. Johnny might be the uh the bell of the ball. He might be the guy who walks home with Con Smythe. He's that he's that dude, Tim. He is that guy. Just saying. I've been around him. Showered with him. Know what he's about.
2: All right. What else <laughs> are we talking about?
1: A <laughs> uh, couple more quick hits. I gotta mention the Bruins at the break had the most goals for in the entire league and the fewest goals against. Beautiful. Couldn't couldn't write something better than that. Um and right, then- well, are they the Stanley Cup? They are the top dog. They are. They are the team. What's the
2: call? They are favorites. favorites. They are the, the favorites. You think
1: they are. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, Carolina, I don't like them against Carolina. Uh, they lost against them, I think twice in the last couple of years. So I don't know. Um, do you think but, people living in Carolina,
2: you live in Carolina. Do you get sick of hearing that sweet Carolina, Neil Diamond? Uh, no, I love it. They play at Fenway still. I know they do. The Red Sox. So, But I, I've never lived in Carolina, North or South. I would wonder if that would just get old.
1: No, but I don't go to the games, so you don't go to bars either. You that's like that's not hype. true. You hike with your dog. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the annual Christmas tradition. You're getting a lot of comments, and 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 this video is once again being spread. The Sharks Christmas rap video. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Holiday good. sweater. <laughs> Holiday need some, sweater.
2: I'll tell you what. Matt Nieto and Barclay Gaudreau two current nhl players very good rappers mostly matt nieto we call him neats beats in san jose the guy can spit lyrics as the kids once said he's he's got a pretty good flow like he did a rap and had a cd and we listened to it and it was pretty good so if you see matt nieto ask him to rap for you because he's a good rapper And Barkley good drill too, not bad. Barks likes to be just in the mix, you know. He likes to be the guy. He's he's not going to be the 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 center of attention, but he's going to be off center. He's going to be there. He he doesn't like he he's what is that the saying people used to have? He doesn't like missing um, missing a party. They used to have T-shirts of it. Um, I don't want to miss anything.
1: Um, Lomo. um, Yeah, fear of fear of missing out. FOMO. Is FOMO.
2: I don't know if he's still like that anymore. He's won a couple cups. Maybe he's secure and missing some things, but I was the opposite. I was fear of being around. (laughs) Don't involve me. Get me out of here now. (laughs) I'll be at Subway. Yeah, I'll be at Subway with Brian Bickle playing Words with Friends. Leave me alone. (laughs) Don't tell my wife I was here. oh that's funny like john would you just came for dinner i'm probably still gonna get in trouble let me go home
1: <laughs> oh good stuff
2: all right tim well i'll see you tomorrow oddly enough
1: yeah that'll be great
2: in Grand rapids everybody if you're in the area last chance go get some tickets are probably sold out we will see everybody we'll talk to everybody on wednesday right tim
0: that's right all right cheers everybody